Hey, I'm Danny Stover, and this is Today in TO, a podcast that takes a look at the biggest stories in the city and connects the dots on what's going on. And as usual, a few are ruining it for the rest of the dots. On today's episode, in case you missed it, trustees with the York Catholic District School Board voted against flying the pride flag in June. Who do they think they're protecting? And is it finally time to defund the Catholic school system in Ontario? I say, yes, God. Also, Pride Toronto is getting money from the federal government to beef up security. You'll get the details on that. Plus, the history behind Toronto's first Pride Parade, which happened last century. That makes it sound so long ago, but it was 1981. All of that coming up on Today in T.O. Hey, happy Pride. Here's a message from Premier Doug Ford. I want to send my best wishes to everyone celebrating this month across Ontario. I want you to know we'll always stand by our incredible, diverse, 2SLGBTQI plus community. You have achieved great things and contributed greatly to every aspect of our society. Cool. Why don't you name some of those specific things? Also, I didn't think he was going to make it through that 2SLGBTQIA+. And, you know, it's interesting because recently when Ford was asked about the York Catholic District School Board voting not to fly the pride flag this month, he had no comment. And when that was brought up again by provincial NDP leader Marit Stiles, Ford responded by saying he's been to the York Pride Parade three or maybe four times and it's always fun. And I know that pride usually promotes a love is love type of energy that politicians and corporations seem to glom onto. But there is some serious anti-gay, anti-trans stuff going on. And here is Travis Myers, who is part of the Hands Off Hanlon's advocacy group. We saw a school board take a stance against representing its LGBT students the other day. We saw a major player for the Blue Jays posting homophobic garbage online. Every single day, it seems like there is a new story across Canada of a pride flag being torn down, burned, vandalized, people being assaulted, people being harassed, bigoted statements, intolerance. And it does feel like this is a rising wave and it hasn't been like this for the last few decades. Now, the vote at the York Catholic District School Board was six to four. But this has been bubbling up for months. In fact, police were called to at least three of their recent board meetings. Things have gotten so heated. Well, it is actually extremely disturbing that Catholic education across Ontario has been put into such a negative light by one board. One board that literally has said, what's different about us is that we stand for our faith. We stand for Christ. That is unbelievable. The Toronto Catholic District School Board lives our faith every day by being inclusive, by being accepted. And now we have a board that said, oh, no, no, we listen to students, but we're not going to follow it. We're not going to do this. A simple gesture was turned down. So, yeah, it, it, it worries me very much that Catholic education is once again put into a very negative spotlight by a few. That was the voice of Marcus Domenico, a trustee for Ward 2 in the Toronto Catholic District School Board. We need trustees that are willing to put their hand up and say, hey, this is wrong. We have to fix this because when you're elected, first of all, you have to be a leader. 
Secondly, you're only there for that term. So use your position, use your time productively and always productively for students. It's all student-focused. That's what it should be. Right. It should be about the students. And the York Catholic District School Board has about 85 elementary and 16 secondary schools across the region. So that's a lot of students who are effectively being told that their two SLGBTQIA plus identities aren't reflected in their faith and that the adults in their lives won't fight for their rights if it doesn't align with something they read in a book. And look, I don't mean to be reductive about Catholicism, but I don't really believe this is about being Catholic at all. I think it has to do with hate and fear and shame. Okay, so maybe it does have to do with Catholicism. I'm joking. Relax. And if it does have to do with being a devout Catholic, then I would ask the folks who voted against flying the pride flag a few questions. Do you dress up for Halloween? Do you wear mixed fabric clothing? Have you shaved or cut your hair? Ever gone shopping on a Saturday? Does your cattle graze with a different type of cattle? If you answered yes to any of those questions, well, then you might not want to be casting stones. And why do we even have a Catholic school system anyway, especially one that is funded by the government? This has been a conversation for quite some time, but this situation within the York Catholic District School Board has renewed the debate. And according to the On Canada Project, in this country, the Catholic School Board exists because of a constitutional provision for publicly funded Catholic schools that can be traced back to historical agreements and treaties between the British and the French governments from the 1700s. France doesn't even publicly fund Catholic schools anymore. In Nova Scotia, for example, faith-based Catholic schools are privately run. Kelly Gallagher-McKay has more on that. She is an associate professor and program coordinator of law and society at Wilfrid Laurier University. You know, there was a real sense that if Confederation was going to work, we needed to provide protection for a vulnerable minority, which was uh, Catholics, mostly Irish, in uh, joining with the big um, Protestant majority in in Ontario at the time. And so they put in protections into the British North America Act for denominational schooling, and that's Catholic schooling as a sort of special minority rights protection. Um, That has persisted to this day. It actually got amplified by Bill Davis in the 80s, who started funding Catholic schools all the way through. But the trouble is, uh, and it's not just me saying this, it's like the UN Human Rights Commission, it's completely discriminatory and contrary to our current charter to provide religious education to just one group. So there's a big pushback about the idea that government money is funding uh, one particular religion to offer their own brand of uh, schooling and sort of separating students, discriminating against non-Catholic teachers. It's a huge employer that has a total priority on hiring Catholics. Sense that that's just it's fine for people to have Catholic education, but it's weird for us to be paying for that and not for any other religion. Yes, put that way, it is weird. Imagine putting in protections to preserve your faith and then discriminating against other minorities make it make sense. Especially since now, Christianity in Canada accounts for the largest piece of the pie when it comes to religion. In fact, in 2021, 
Christians represented 53.3% of the population, with Catholicism being the largest denomination. Coming up, pride and policing. The federal government is providing emergency funding to ensure that pride festivals remain safe. So what does this mean here in Toronto? That's next. Did you know that Toronto's annual Pride Festival is the largest Pride event in Canada? I would say that Toronto is pretty gay most of the time, Uh, but in June, it's supercharged, and we love that. In fact, I remember one time in particular just walking through the village during Pride, and I saw someone who looked like they were Bambi on ice, and they were wearing this leather outfit, and I swear I could pinpoint the moment where they looked around, and realized, I'm here, I've arrived, and I belong. There was a change in their posture, their walk, their expression, and it was really beautiful and encouraging to see. But there's this rising wave of hate, and it has led to the federal government providing $1.5 million in emergency funding to ensure pride festivals across the country remain safe. Here is Marcy Ian, Minister for Women and Gender Equality and Youth, and the MP for Toronto Centre, which includes the village. People come to Toronto Pride to be themselves. People travel from far and wide, and it is at Pride that they can actually be themselves. And the reality is they may go back to other places and they're back in the closet. That's what Toronto represents. But at the same time, You know, we have places and school boards and other things that don't want to raise the flag. And I have to tell you, um, you know, a third of the people in our country, a third of Canadians that identify as 2 LGBTQI plus are 25 and under, the young people. And so as a parent, I think about that. As a cabinet minister responsible for gender and all genders across this country, I think about that. And I think about what we can be doing as parents in our homes, what we can be doing and saying to our kids. You know, young people tell me, listen, that pride flag is just a gesture that says, we see you. I see you. You're safe here. And, you know, schools are provincial jurisdiction. But we as the federal government will always work with community organizations on that piece of education Mm. and community and how that works, because kids are talking a lot about this too. I work with a couple of organizations with drag story times, and in the past few years, the increase in this type of hate has been really evident, and it grosses me out, to say the least. Threats, derogatory comments, harassment, bullying, it's disgusting. And the rhetoric is always the same. It's hard sometimes to be a part of an event that at its core promotes inclusivity, acceptance, self-expression, literacy, creativity and community and have to have many real conversations and discussions about the safety of children and caregivers and staff at the hands of hateful bigots. But there are costs involved as well. And who should that fall on? Fierte Pride Canada, in conjunction with other orgs across the country, including Sherwin Modest, the executive director of Pride Toronto, put out an ask to the feds for help with rising security and insurance costs. Safety is on the minds of every pride organization across this country, of course, including Toronto Pride. 
and Sherwin Modeste team. So what we saw was Fiote Canada Pride. Uh, Sherwin was involved in that, Toronto uh, Pride's head, uh, and others come to us with an ask. And it was a $1.5 million ask. And this is specifically, this is outside of the funding we provide for Pride festivals across the country. This was specifically for safety. This was specifically to boost security. So what they did is they costed out a plan for 65 Pride organizations across the country. Fierte Canada Pride has the infrastructure to do this, and Toronto was one of them. And so from rural to urban, and remember, this is Pride season. So in Toronto, um, Pride happens, as you mentioned, at the end of June, but Pride season goes right through to September. And it starts a little bit before Toronto Pride does as well. We heard from Timmins yesterday and Julie, uh, who's already had Pride festivities and for the first time had to hire security. So this was costed out by Fierce Canada Pride. They said, listen, we need $1.5 million to do this. And uh, we stepped to it and said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's what we announced yesterday. The funds are expected to support about 65 Pride festivals in Canada. And I mean, sure, this is a win, but it's because of a big loss. And it's complicated. There's been a tenuous relationship between the queer community and the police in Toronto for decades. In fact, In 1981, police raided four bathhouses in Toronto. 200 officers descended on the barracks, the club, Richmond Street Health Emporium, and Roman II Health and Recreation Spa. This was a coordinated effort called Operation Soap, and it resulted in more than 300 people being charged. This proved to be a bit of a turning point for the community, as a major protest took place the following day at Young and Wellesley. And later that year, Toronto saw its first official Pride Parade. Producer Glenn Bergonier has more. Well, two things to add on to that, Danny. First off, Operation Soap resulted in the arrest of about 306 men, and at the time was the second largest mass arrest in Canadian history. This was topped only by the arrest of the individuals who were involved in the FLQ crisis back in 1971, which resulted in 497 arrests. But back to Pride, the second point I wanted to make is the police not only arrested these men who were in these bathhouses, but also paraded them out into the streets, mainly just wearing bathrobes, and published their identities in newspapers, in turn, ruining their public lives simply due to ingrained homophobia. And so in the wake of all this, an activist group was formed called GLARE, which stands for Gays and Lesbians Against the Right Everywhere, and they held a major demonstration at Young and Wellesley with hundreds of supporters coming out, with even future mayor of Toronto, Barbara Hall, as part of the legal defense team for many of these individuals. Now, this was a major watershed moment for the LGBTQ2S community, which led to the reformation of a day that briefly existed in the 1970s known as the annual Gay Pride Picnic. But organizers wanted something larger, something more centered in the city, and was more than simply a fundraiser on Hanlon's Point. So instead, the first annual Toronto Lesbian and Gay Pride Parade was celebrated on June 28th in 1981 and was also incorporated into an official day of celebration in Toronto. The day was celebrated with over 1,500 attendees and was billed to be a, quote, afternoon of fun and frolic. And in 1984, the once municipal holiday was able to expand nationwide and for the very first time, which would become in the future a much anticipated event, Church Street was closed 
so people can literally get out there and go dancing in the streets. And each year, that event only steadily gained more support and traction until the very first Pride Committee was formed in 1986 amidst the AIDS epidemic. And from then on, each year, the Pride Committee and Grand Marshals would decide what each year's theme would be and pushed for even greater protections and rights for the entire LGBTQ2S community. And now, Toronto Pride is one of the largest gay pride parades in the entire world, bringing tens if not hundreds of thousands of people from all over to celebrate love, inclusion, and tolerance, and honestly, in my opinion, one of the most fun street parties and parades the city has to offer all year round. Love is love, but Pride started as a protest. Let's not forget it. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by 640 Toronto and features audio from shows across the Chorus Entertainment Network. My name's Danny Stover. Today in TO is produced by me, Glenn Bergonier, and David Spargala. Amanda Capito, Jason Chapman, and Chris Dunner are advisors to the show. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week, and we are inching closer and closer to the end of the Toronto by-election. So you'd better believe we'll touch on some of the candidates who are making the biggest impact so far. Don't go ghosting me. Till then, stay safe and sexy. Bye-bye.